0: Hello and welcome to Talkin' Baseball. The offseason is here. Qualifying offers. Gold on that glove. And we're going to circle up on all the managers we missed during the playoffs. Let's go! Hello and welcome to Talkin' Baseball. Coming live from the Draft King studio. Myself, Jake R. Storielli, producing his butt off big baby David Mendelson, and getting nasty in Calabasy. It's off season Ploof. Big Daddy Trev, how you doing, buddy? Look at it look at us twinning it up today, huh? You know what? Yeah. For a while,
1: I was like, I look so much better. Than Jake in my beautiful red tie-dye John Boy sweatshirt that's available at our merch shop. Wow. Go ahead and check that out. But as you started talking and you got into like your 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 hosting voice, I don't know, man, it did something to me. Mm. Like you're looking good today. Mm. That's it. But it is. It's off season, Trev. I'm here. We're lit. Labor Pod is, this is like a baby steps into Labor Pod. Qualifying offers are kind of part of that. Managerial hiring is kind of part of that. And the Gold Glove thing is going to be fun. You know I love Gold Glove, so we'll we'll talk about all this stuff. And it just feels good to be back in the booth.
0: With mm.
1: BBD, Jacob, the chat. We're just missing our guy, James, who I think we should just shout out right now. James, King James,
0: gave a... Uh, him and Katie gave birth to the heir to the throne. Yeah. John Baby O'Brien. I uh, It must have been an accident or a glitch on your phone, but I do think at one point this weekend you texted me and said that you and baby James Douglas will fire me one day.
1: I look to plant early yeah. in that child's head that him and I will form an alliance to eventually one day fire you from this company.
0: So... That's the exciting stuff for me. Uh, got back from New Orleans, little uh three yeah. day festival. That's a the city lived up to the billing, man. Um, part of me wishes I went there when I was a little younger. There's definitely a lot of the spots that I looked at, and I was like, "Poppy, Poppy can't throw his, throw his nose in there anymore, but food is off the map. The music. Just the vibes, a lot of weird, fun, nice people, which is basically my language. Uh, so, had a good time down there, and then by the end of the trip, you know, started getting the qualifying offer news coming wow. in, and it was like, it's like baseball's kind of, kind of getting hot in the streets again.
1: I got a question for you, and, yes.
0: and
1: I think you're head of HR anyway. So this is, yes. There's just baby fever in the air yeah. with John Baby coming. You go down, you take a trip. Are we going to be expecting a, a baby Jake in nine months? just I, seems I, like like I want to be – I'm pretty good at predicting things. I don't know if you know that. But yeah. on November 8th, I just want to predict that we may see a baby in nine months.
0: Okay. Well, Trev, it's, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, Trevor's predictions are brought to you by Dugout Mugs uh, and Black Friday – has already started for them at Dugout Mugs. Use code JOMBOY, 30% off uh, at DugoutMugs.com. There's almost 20,000 five star reviews. So if there's a baseball fan in your life. These are the perfect gift. It's code JOMBOY, DugoutMugs.com, 30% off. I'm going for my Rays mug. I'll be drinking the Rays Kool Aid all off season like I always am. Um, They're Black Friday. Oh, if you could give us the pop, Ploof. Oh, you just balanced it so nice on your microphone uh, with the knob shot there. But, uh, oh, daddy. Uh, dugoutmugs.com, code John Boy, 30% off. It is the perfect gift. Uh, you have to go check them out. This is their Black Friday deal, uh, the perfect gift. And, Trev, the reason why I segued into that, I wasn't planning on it, but I do have something to show you. Uh, we got you a little something. Um, if you want to talk and say something to the people, maybe your New Orleans experiences in the past or anything, I don't know.
1: I've never been to New Orleans, unfortunately. Although I do, my first fake ID was from Metairie, Louisiana, which is close to New Orleans. Ooh. I will say that vacation jake like trip jake is one of my favorite jakes like, i just see you guys listening to strange music and dancing all the time and there is something with my name on it okay I'm,
0: I'm never i'm never shy to get weird um and speaking of we have commemorated the trevor ploof uh the best prediction ever uh let's see the plaque says Best prediction to ever be predicted Winner, Trevor Plouffe um, And on the bottom it has the tweet there uh, So we're getting a, a little bit of a reflection here That's probably the best angle at it uh, So yeah, Trevor we, we had to commemorate you So, you know, you just threw out another prediction Which I don't think is accurate Well, I'll find out I don't think okay. that one's
2: going to win the next uh, Best prediction to ever be predicted award It honestly
0: would it honestly would, if oh, okay. it does happen. This one
2: comes true, you thought Brazen 6, we went
0: nuts. But, um, Trev, we did have to commemorate you being the best ever.
1: I really appreciate that.
0: Um, the only so, people I care
1: about giving me um, a pat on the back are our fans
0: and then the other people at
1: John Boy Media.
0: So uh happy for you i mean are you still feeling is is that wearing off at all you kind of the last time we talked to you you were still king of the world yeah you know what's
1: funny now is every time i see somebody for the first time they mention it man and like i didn't bring it up to people so they, they're seeing it on their own which is kind of cool you know whether it's from sports center or whether it's you know wherever they get their news i feel like it kind of for that night and maybe the next day was all over the place so it's it's cool um a lot of people saw the video of the champagne, which was hilarious by our friend Nameless Jeff and my friend Kyle. Mm. So I, I don't, I don't, I'm not king of the world anymore. I had my few days, and that was a lot of fun. But now I'm back to business, man.
0: We are, we are, and uh, you're right. It's a pre-labor pod. Uh, I think the most interesting conversation right now is the qualifying offer stuff. And Trev, I'm sure we probably talked about it last year, but I, I'd love to get some more of the player mentality on it. I mean, it's such a range of guys this year, and and we should lay it out. I know we have a lot of diehard baseball fans in here, but I'll I'll lay it out the best I can in Jake words, and then you tighten up the screws, especially from the player's perspective. But qualifying offer, if you have no idea, is originally put in for teams that um, if you had a you know, one of your star players hitting free agency You weren't going to be able to sign them You could offer them that qualifying offer And then if they got signed by another team You got a compensa- compensatory compensatory draft pick I got there um, And yeah, it's, it's kind of evolved a little bit uh, And it's really interesting with how money is valued And years are valued in baseball That there's definitely a cr- core group of guys That got offered it that are Kind of the original qualifying offer intentions And I like the way BBD phrased it The original idea behind the qualifying offer Was it to be declined It's designed to be declined um, Because, you know, for a Carlos Correa Freddie Freeman, Robbie Ray These guys are hitting free agency And about to get massive paydays So why would they accept a one-year $18.4 million offer? That $18.4 million comes from the aggregate the average of the top 125 paid MLB players, um, but there's kind of the way the qualifying offer has evolved and uh, how we we look at it. It's it's kind of the new front office value prop. You know, you could pay a guy. Teams care about years, so if you overpay a guy a couple million for one year, a lot of front offices view that as a win. That this year we actually got the most qualifying offers, and this was a King BBD note, uh, since 2015-2016 uh, So, coming off last year, in which uh, BBD also noted it was the, the low, uh, 6 qualifying offers So, there were 14 this year, and I, I don't know, Trev, I, I guess I teed it up like that Is there anything else you'd like to add before we kind of get into the guys and some of their situations? No, you crushed it. And I think what's really interesting to see is how
1: teams view it because they do view it differently and they approach it for different reasons or different ways for different reasons. Like, for instance, you know, the Rockies, you know, they have Trevor Story. They could have traded him and got some prospects back. Um, But the prospect packages they were looking at, they said, you know what? I'd rather have a draft pick than the, the compensation packages that are being uh, showcased to to our organization so you know there's that aspect of it the player aspect of it is you know for a guy like Noah Syndergaard or Justin Verlander uh, do you take that 18.4 mil which is a nice chunk of change um, and reestablish some value because both those guys were hurt last year So there's that aspect of it. And for teams, like you're saying, the one-year deal, I don't think if I'm a team, I'm offering pretty much every single person that's available and qualifies for a qualifying offer, even the cusp guys, because if they do accept, it's one-year deal. And if you're offering them that and you've placed a value on them as a player, I think that that's not a bad deal for, for any side. So there's a lot of ways to approach it. There's some interesting names that got Uh, qualifying offer this year. Ryseo Iglesias is probably one you'd circle because he's a reliever. Um, And then also, you know, Clayton Kershaw doesn't receive one. So I think we should probably...
0: Yeah, let me... um... go
1: over the guys that got into it. But it, it is... It's interesting. And I'm curious to see where this ends up in in the next CBA are we gonna completely get rid of it um I think that'll be a talking point for us you know towards the middle of this offseason for sure
0: yeah and there well I'll go through the names uh and there are a couple other small details you can only get offered the qualifying offer once uh because it can kind of restrict your free agency a little bit because teams do value those draft picks um and you know if you're traded mid-season you also can't uh, be offered it So the Anthony Rizzo's Javier Baez uh, Chris Bryant um, And yeah So let, let's do the list Of guys that were Offered it And we'll make Some sense of it And, and you already Mentioned Rysel uh, See who else Jumps out for you So guys that received The qualifying offer Marcus Simeon Carlos Correa Freddie Freeman That's kind of All the same conversation Those those guys are about To get big paydays Castellanos Turned down his uh, his option in his own contract, and then gets the qualifying offer. Robbie Ray about to get a huge payday. Seager story, um, and I think maybe the next tier is where things start to get a little interesting. Um, Erod got the qualifying offer. Uh, Brandon mm-hmm. Belt, Chris Taylor, Rysal Iglesias, Michael Conforto, Noah Syndergaard, and Justin Verlander, which I've my brain's been spinning all morning All weekend on that I don't really know what to think But uh Trev, you already mentioned Reissel uh, That one for me is kind of wild Because when, when you mention the top 125 contracts in baseball And you get the average of them I mean, how many of those are relievers? Is there two? Is there three? Uh, so for him That very much seems like The Angels trying to hold on to any pitching they can And I'm kind of happy for Rysel. It's tough to picture him turning that down Um so I guess outside of him, because he's kind of not the sexiest player on the list, sorry, Angels fans, what else jumped out to you initially?
1: Well, I think, you know, some of those names you mentioned, like Verlander and Rysel, I think it's more of a gamble for the team than anything else. Like they're banking on a guy like Rysel saying, you know, I can take this 18.4. That's what it is this year. It's different every year. Uh, I could take this for one year or I can go say, you know, let's capitalize on a really good year and let's go get more years and more guaranteed money. And the angels are saying, if we get this guy back, okay, we can work with that. He's a really good pitcher, but we're banking on, they're probably banking on him saying, you know, let's go get more guaranteed money, turns it down. Then they get a pick. Same thing with Verlander. Verlander comes back to the Astros. Okay, great, man. Like we can probably, if he's healthy, we can extract $18.4 million worth of value out of this guy, most likely. You know, if he's any, if he's any bit of what he has been and if he doesn't take it and go somewhere else because he gets offered a three-year deal, we get a draft pick. So I think a lot of times it is kind of a a gamble that way because they do very much um, value draft picks and the amounts of control and like the, little amount of money they have to spend on these guys.
0: Yeah, it's uh I, I guess where Verlander's making me spin is he's doing a workout today, so check your Twitter feed for that and I'm sure we're gonna get some some numbers, some mile per hours, and that's gonna be interesting for his free agency. Um for I'm, him
2: I think we literally just got oh really it's John Moreau is it a Verlander says, you're saying? Yeah. Reached ninety five ninety six in recent bullpen sessions. And he mentioned that Verlander said in the past he wants to pitch until age 45.
0: So, uh, I mean, Corey Kluber, who was out for a couple seasons and not exactly the resume of Verlander and still not putting up the numbers on the gun, he got a 1 for 10, 1 for 11 last off season, something like that. So when you start to put it in the Verlander pot, now he's a couple years older, uh, but he is of that special ilk, the Clemenses, the Nolan Ryans, like, if Verlander wants to hang out on the mound until he's 44, teams will let him do it. Uh, so if he's putting that up on the gun, I don't know. I guess I was surprised by it, but I didn't actually think about it. Like, Justin Verlander's probably going to get, what, a a two for 40? I don't. I have no idea. I
1: think teams will be willing to take that chance if he continues to put up bullpen numbers like you just mentioned. And I, I mentioned that to C. Rose earlier today. I was saying, it's different now. You could put a track band on these guys or rap right. Soto and and really see what you got going on in these bullpen sessions, and then they could extrapolate those numbers and come up with a figure. And it's just, the scouting is just different now. It's it's they don't you don't have to see him in games necessarily to think okay, like he's back. So yeah, like you know that's kind of what they're definitely thinking with a Verlander as a team's willing to take a, a two three year chance on him.
0: Yeah. No, it, Boom, it when you lay it all out there, it makes a lot of sense. Or even, you know, if Houston does end up resigning him, although there were some rumors that things got a little weird there, but, um, yeah, no, when you put it all on paper, kind of it kind of makes sense. Let's um, Trev, let's scratch off the guys that are easy to scratch off and get get to some of the fun conversations. Sim, Simeon, Correa, Freeman. There's kind of no discussion there, right? Those guys are about to get massive paydays. Um, Robbie Ray just won the Cy Young, kind of hitting free agency at the perfect time. Castellanos smashed all year. Um, he's he's a guy that's a perfect example. He wants years at this point. He's he's going to well, he be 30. Out of, he opted out of
2: what? How he much opted was he out thinking? of two for 32, so 16 yeah. per, I believe, is the number. You don't opt out of 16 per over two to take one for 18 and a half.
1: Yeah. So, that, that's an interesting one for me because you have – that guaranteed for Castellanos. Excuse me. I know he's already made good money in his career, but with the lingering CBA, it's like
0: maybe, maybe they're talking behind scenes saying we're going to get this done. I just, I just think for him, you know, this is his chance to get the five year and get it spread out. Like it it might not be the, the 22 mil per year, but could he get, you know, five for 18 or who who knows where the numbers landing. I'm, I'm just throwing out guesses, but I've also been on a, Nick Castellanos kick to the Marlins uh, Because he's actually a Marlins fan And with the DH probably coming to the NL You know, it probably makes more sense To get a long-term deal um, Where he could spread out that money a little longer Um, Well, he
1: knows if if we're playing baseball He's going to beat two years
0: 32 Easily Easily So. Um, So Uh, let's see, the other name's Corey Seager. He's going to get a massive contract. Pretty sure Story's going to get a big old bag. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, I guess where the line starts to get interesting, uh, Chris Taylor, not really a conversation. That guy's going to get multi-year, um, probably closer yeah. to 20 than, this than is his people think. To
2: spread out a lot to get the most guaranteed money.
0: The the only thing, the only
1: thing with Seager, not with Seager, excuse me, Taylor, is... He has a draft pick, right? You know, assigned to him now, and like we saw with some guys, like who had that, like a Mike Moustakis, You know, he got he got hurt. He turned down eighteen million, and ended up getting six. Right, having to prove himself all over again. Our teams willing to to leave part with a draft pick and put out the money that he's looking for? I'm curious. That's that's that one I've kind of marked. I I think obviously he deserves a you know three four year deal. But I'm not. I don't think like the teams do. They really, really love those draft picks.
0: Yeah, I guess I'm not too worried about Taylor. I, I think he's timing it up pretty right. And even what Kike yeah. did this year, uh, I think. I when push comes to shove for that second or third round pick that a team's going to have to give up, uh, I think that that'll be worthwhile in the front office's opinion. I guess where things start to get interesting, we talked Rysel. Let's do the Mets yeah, Taylor's guys. Taylor's
1: 30, Taylor's thirty-one.
0: He's thirty-one. He's timing it right, man. And he's he's he got a, timing it right. He can play center. He can play third base. He can play any out. Like he's
1: two point seven WAR this year. One ten OPS plus. Can play everywhere. It's interesting.
0: Big postseason. He, he, there's a case for. There's a case for him to take that. Intr- i I think that would be a shocker because then you're taking a chance on hitting it as a 32 year old. And if he has a down year, then you're doing flyers. I, I don't know, but this is where the qualifying offer leads to good conversation. Like, I, I don't know.
1: Um, that would double his career earnings. He's eight, he made $18 million up until this point.
0: And if he has a good year, that would, that would be an interesting bet on yourself. So
2: get like a, a solid contract. I'm sure he, he wouldn't be able to beat a total contract that he could get this year, but if he gets to a certain number next year, then it was worth it to t- take 18 this year. I guess
1: year. this, this is what I math. think for him. He, I'd be willing to say he's only worried about the total value now. He, this is his chance. Yeah. This is his chance to go get the deal. So even if he has to take a lower AAV, say he gets a four-year or even a three-year at 15 or a th- three-year at 12, you're guaranteeing yourself thirty six instead of eighteen point four. So I guess he's. I mean, he's gonna turn it down as long as teams are willing to go to a three year, 40, 3 year, forty five or something like that with him.
0: Yeah, I, I. In my head, he's got good juice right now. He's what every team has on their wish list: a versatile, athletic guy. Um, yeah. I Trev, I want to jump to Los Mets. Uh, Conforto and Sindergaard Two interesting cases of things and stuff Uh, Michael Conforto uh, Again, go check out his stat page He's had a couple big old years He's a guy that can rack up war Uh, Corner outfield can be tricky And he had a down year Um, So he gets offered 18.4 I've seen some rumors If he goes to free agency The team's offering him over a hundred mil. Uh, yeah. Again, that's we're in rumor mill season, so it could be true, could not be. And then Cindergard essentially didn't pitch. Um, you know, has kind of that special arm talent that all teams are looking for, and he could kind of strom in it, come back for one year and really build up his value. What What are your early leans on those two? I think Noah
1: might take it and rebuild his value. Now he's not a Boris guy, he's a CAA guy. Um when do they have to accept or this buy or ten
0: ten days? I think that's what we're told. Yeah, I think it's November seventeenth. Yeah.
1: It's so interesting in this year where the CBA is looming. Um I think he he's <sighs> <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. It's tough because he could get a payday. Obviously, he could beat a qualifying right. offer, 18.4 guaranteed. But what he's going to say is, I can take that this year, rebuild my value, and then go with no pick attached to me, go with a new CBA. All Everyone knows what's going to happen. Then I can really go break the bank. Whereas now, his value is probably at an all-time low for himself. Right? Yeah, kind so, of, right? So, I mean... If you would a team offer him four years, eighty or something like that, right now, and and if you're Syndergaard, would you be like, screw that? I'm not a four year eighty guy. I'm a I'm a seven year you know
0: right two hundred guy. And that's the that's the so. Syndergaard story. Is that like if if he comes back and he's Noah Syndergaard next year, um, looks good. I mean, I'll I'll even put him on his career averages, which I I think you know. He's a career 3.32 ERA. Um yeah. more than a strikeout per inning. If if he has a season how how about this even in 2019 when he wasn't kind of being Thor, he had a 4.28 ERA, 197 innings. Like if he does that next year, that still gets you a pretty big bag. Now, if he goes out and he does 25 starts to the tune of a 3.03, which was his 2018, you're starting to talk closer to 200 million than 100 million. So for him, the risk reward comes. <laughs> I don't
1: know, man. I think I think he takes it and reestablishes his value because if you're really looking at his numbers, you have to go back to 2018 when he was dominant. Right. Didn't play it all in 2020. Didn't play it all in 2021. You're two years removed from really pitching. I know they can scout players by using the stuff I just talked about with Verlander. But I think in his instance, you know, he takes the offer, has a good year, and becomes a free agent at 29, at 30, maybe go for a five-year deal, more closer to like that 25 to 30 range. It's interesting.
0: Yeah, and it's it's just, I think the other part of that bet that we haven't mentioned is... You know, it if he does take the three year twenty million per offer this year, what who again, not sure what he would get, you don't you're not in line for another big one. You know, like then you're gonna be thirty-three and who knows? Yeah who who knows? That's the game. Um so yeah, that's that's an interesting one. And then Conforto, man, I I really don't have a read on it. I uh just looking at how teams are kind of valuing corner outfielders For him to hit the market Kind of at his all-time low Just doesn't make a ton of sense for me I, I, I'm not sure how teams would roll out the bag And, and
2: if, if he has another big year this year He'd get a chance at free agency again before 30 But <sighs> corner outfielders have been squeezed The last few free agencies CBA stuff might as well Being locked in isn't a bad thing
0: I, don't know. I I think
1: see I think he I think he goes out into the market and, and finds something. Okay. I think for a guy like him, <clears throat> he is going to want to go get the bag now, get the guaranteed money. You know, call that, be secure, just go out and play. Pitchers, you know, like Thor needs to really showcase his ability again. Conforto had one bad year like teams are still banking on that track record. I think he'll still be able to demand, you know, good money for him and, and like the scale of what's good money for him and what he's going to get is closer than the scale of good money for Syndergaard and what he's going to get coming out right now. So, I, I think this is a case almost like a Taylor where he's saying like screw it, like let's just go get let me go get my 40 million, 50 million this year and go play.
2: He still had basically an 800 OPS in the second half. He he found it again by the end. I think, um, it's, big big August.
0: I mean, it's just you know trying to paint the picture of what what these guys have to go through and make their decisions on. Because um, yeah, Michael Conforto from 2017 through 2020, 864 OPS guy. Um, you know, solid defense. He's got a back to back years: 27, 28, 33 home runs. Um, While playing, you know, doing enough in a corner outfield To play out there, you know Especially compared to some of the guys we've seen thrown out there So that's an interesting one I, you know, I don't know I I don't know, I'm interested to see what comes out of there And I think the final two guys we haven't really mentioned um, That stand out qualifying offer-wise Brandon Bell and Erod The Erod conversation's kind of interesting He's, you know He's racked up some WAR. Some of the analytical numbers like him more than what you'll see Pure ERA, FIP, whether it comes to pitching at Fenway And, you know, some of the defensive stuff behind him Uh, The luck numbers were against him this year He's a guy that racks up war when he's on the mound And he is on the mound a lot as a 29-year-old lefty Um, You know, I think some people are surprised to see that But this is a guy that in the open market teams are going to be fighting for. You're you know, you're looking at 3 years probably 18 plus or hell maybe 4, I don't know.
1: Yeah, this is another instance where I think the qualifying offer is a win-win for the Red Sox. He accepts it, you get him to come pitch for you in 2022, right. you're happy. It's fine like we're we're happy to reward a guy who's done so much for our organization. And it's one year And then if he ends up walking, you get the draft pick. So it's no-brainer for the Red Sox. And I think for Erod, again, he's kind of at that point where he is going to go just get the most guaranteed money. Like, I don't think he accepts this. I think he goes out and gets the most guaranteed money right
0: now. I think so, too. And uh, he'll he'll get a three-, four-year offer for good money. Um,
1: Yeah, there's no need to go reestablish yourself, do anything like that. Like, go get the bag now, man.
0: Yeah, uh, and then Brandon Belt. This one, I would ask Giants fans, a classic talking baseball line. You guys know your team better than me. I gave Belt a couple of awards this year because when you stack his numbers up against other first basemen, they play. Um, he's going to be 34 next year. He's already 34. Um, you no know, Giants missed him in the playoffs. Um, that's one that makes me wonder because he has a chance, you know, being 34 – Could be his last opportunity to get a two, three-year offer Where the Giants, you know, 18.4 million That does speak to people And he's always been a Giant So you wonder what those conversations behind the scenes have been like Like that's one of those ones you could circle and say You know, they've definitely had a lot of conversations about this So I, I had no clue where that ends up
1: yeah, this one's interesting. I always like to look at how much money guys have already made in their careers. Because that definitely factors into sure the decision-making. Brandon Belt's already made $87 million. Whoops. So, yeah, you want to obviously make as much money as you can. This is his last chance to grab some cash. But if you're happy in San Francisco and you want to be there again, another 18.4, you know what that gets you to? That nine-figure club. Mm. So... I think he's going to weigh his happiness more than other guys would weigh their happiness. Other guys are going for that cash, dude, and Brandon Belt's already got the cash. Um so this is a little bit more interesting. Like if he's happy in San Fran, maybe <clears throat> this is another thing that I think I don't know if this is allowed, but maybe in this situation there's been some talk like, "Hey, I'm going to I'm going to say no to this qualifying offer, but I'd like to be back in San right. Francisco."
0: No, that's you, you know what I mean a, a lot of fans like to fantasize those conversations And they don't always happen This is the clear case of like Hey, you know, if I'm I'm going to hit free agency And, you know, a couple teams are probably going to offer me two, two for, I don't know, 38 Something like, who knows, three for 40 If you guys match that my math was just so bad there. Nice, he, right I'm sure there. if yeah
2: he and the Giants can work out, giving him maybe more years of security than another team might be willing to, especially at his position. Um,
0: the DH is big, man. For yeah, a guy like that too. That's true. That's true. You know, if he uh, that can save a guy's legs a little bit. He's,
1: he's still good defensively, but if you're talking about multiple years,
0: you can get him then, a day then, every then, week. Yeah. And Trev, I mean, speaking of, you know, I also want to talk about There's a couple guys that didn't get the offer that are a big conversation here And we'll get into Gold Gloves and the managers Uh, But we're talking about guys making a bet on themselves And I've been making some bets at the DraftKings Sportsbook Uh, Won a little money in NOLA this weekend Whoops, sorry about you Um, And what if I told you guys you could score some free bets uh, Where you can bet on any NFL game this weekend at the DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NFL. If you bet on $1 either team to score, you'll win $100 in free bets. So that's kind of free money, people. Uh, Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings still has their huge uh, daily fantasy sports contest, monster cash prizes, uh, free shot at millions of dollars. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOMBOY. Bet $1 on either team to score, and you win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code JOMBOY this week at the DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Trev, you mentioned it. Um, and my heart rate ticked up a little bit. I th- I think one of the bigger news stories from yesterday, and man, this is kind of not deep cut baseball, but it really is. My Rockies, what is you doing, baby? Um, John Gray doesn't get a qualifying offer. Um, and that was kind of their whole story. John Gray is one of the f- rare pitchers that actually likes being a Colorado Rocky. They didn't trade him at the deadline, and their whole the whole story that came out was well, you know, John Gray. Even if he accepts the one year, eighteen point four mil qualifying offer, that maybe is a little over his annual. You get to keep a pitcher in Colorado. Um, they don't extend the offer to him, and that leaves him with a group of four pitchers that were kind of the story yesterday. Carlos Rodon. Who had a monster year for the White Sox Has some injury history etc um, uh, Our guy Clayton Kershaw The legend uh, He doesn't get the one year 18.4 And again think think about that With all that conversation of years And value and and what that means um, And the other pitcher Anthony Discalfani I think you know some of that ties into what they did with Gossman Last year and they extended the qualifying offer He accepted that um, But that didn't happen So uh, of that kind of group of four uh is gray the story is do you think Kershaw is up in the air do we think you know he's so linked to that organization they'll figure it out or or what do you see there I don't want to spend too
1: much on gray just because it's the Rockies and clearly and clearly they're just shedding all money I mean that's what they want to do we could talk about how they probably should have traded him um, and he's been know in trade rumors
2: with? like three off seasons in a row And every trade deadline They never did it And aren't going to get a pick back for him now
1: They're going to get nothing for him And, you know I don't know we, we, we talked about him with Story They decided that the draft pick was more important than prospects I don't know what the hell they're thinking, Jake I, I can't talk about the Rockies right now, man
0: Yeah, there's, there's a Hail Mary that they've been talking And they're going to figure it out But if John Gray hits free agency He's not Going to return to Colorado Um He's someone Who, who with, wants to be loyal To that organization Jake <sighs> Dude John Gray Kind of even you want to be Not even did. you want lo- to you know. be Loyal to that organization I'm, You're I'm gone like, You're I'm a snake I'm a loyal Fucking dog normally But yeah The rocks hurt me Deep inside Um Dude I, I don't know Uh It's really It's just really Disappointing It's why Um I, There's no rhyme or reason It's uh It sucks for Rockies fans again And just add it to the laundry list Of like ways they've kind of screwed things up The past couple years Um So yeah that's my talking Rock segment Uh, Ah gosh I mean he'll get a little bit of a payday That's a starting pitcher that throws innings And he's been solid good for him Uh probably better for him that the qualifying offer Wouldn't be attached unless he accepted it Etc etc Uh Rodon, I think that story somewhat makes sense It's kind of the same as Descalfani He was really good this year Best year of his career Wore out a little down the stretch Uh, Has some injury stuff in his past Uh, That, yeah, I I mean, it's kind of a good for him He doesn't get the qualifying offer Like, if there's a bidding war for Carlos Rodon I think that bodes well for him Especially after this season And Kershaw, yeah, it's just a I don't know. Like, I'm not going to believe Clayton Kershaw's not a Dodger until Clayton Kershaw's not a Dodger.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. Like, people are <clears throat> thinking, and I don't want to put this out there, but it's already been said. They're saying maybe the Dodgers know something that we don't about his injury. He did get a PRP injection at the end of the year, and maybe they saw some stuff that they just were like, ah, we don't know if this is going to work for us. Um, it could be that. They know that he wants to – I mean, I don't know, man. This is a a weird one for me. Yeah. He have talked to them and said, let's just – we're going to sign back with you, you know, whatever, whatever. And and once you decide that, you don't need to offer him the qualifying offer. Let's just iron something else out. I don't know, man. It seems to me like he's got a few years left in him, right? You'd like to think so. If he ends up on the Rangers, I'm going to be so upset. (laughs) Easy, easy you finish. know how I feel about the Rangers. My Rangers are just,
0: yeah. I don't know, man. No, that would. I won't like it. I won't like it at all, Clayton. Clayton is, he's thirty three years old. He's going to be thirty four for next baseball season, which shocks a lot of people because he's he's been in the spotlight since he was twenty. Uh, yeah, and you you wonder what's going on, injury wise. There, I mean, a lot of his stats still check out this year. The ERA was a little high uh you wonder where that that body's at I mean he's got a lot of mileage uh almost uh twenty five hundred major league innings uh teams track this and there are a lot of stats and data that go with if you cross a certain threshold and your stuff starts doing this that and the other um I don't know i both worlds make very make a lot of sense to me if Clayton Kershaw walks away and goes somewhere else to do a little Twilight of his career, it doesn't shock me at all. If these two teams come back and there's a a two year with a player option or or something like that, I also wouldn't be surprised in any way.
1: There's, I mean, yeah, we talked about it. like it could be they already have deal in the work, so they don't need to set a deadline on it. You know, how the ten days looming over it. It could have been like a. A pat on the butt, out the door, saying like, "We won't attach a draft pick to you because you've done so much for our organization." Like, "Go get your money,
2: dude." Um, we we don't know. We'll see. He and before he got like before injury started becoming a factor into this year. On July third, he had an ERA in the three threes and a FIP in the twos. Like he's he was good this year.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. So that's that – weird. The injury situation. stuff is really interesting. what What does everyone know on that front? Um, but yeah, and this again, the the percentage of these situations where other stuff besides money matters. Clay and Kershaw was their first round pick in 2006. The guy's been with that organization for 15 years. Is that how the math works out there? Like, so that's when these situations sometimes get figured out a little easier. Um, and, hey, maybe Clayton Kershaw, again, these guys are athletes. Like, we're talking about Verlander and how he's still got some FU and he still wants to rack it up. Like, I bet Clayton Kershaw thinks he can still get a lot of big outs in Major League Baseball. Um, and, yeah, just not for Trev's Texas I mean, Rangers.
1: Just think about the amount of times throughout the year. I'm talking about to every single person and all the fan bases where you're like, we could use some start bitching. Yeah. Like, every single team says that every year. Starting pitchers are always going to be in high demand, especially someone that has a track record like Clayton. He puts butts in the seats. He can still get you out. I mean, at a really good rate. Maybe not at an elite rate anymore, but at a really good rate, and those guys are always valuable. So, Clayton's going to get paid somewhere. So please don't be with the Rangers. Don't. I don't want to see another Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, mm. uh, Cole Hamels. Who else was there? Like,
0: I don't wanna see that. Jordan Lyles with the nice free agent contract. Oh man. He, um, He's gibby got out of there. Yeah, I mean Kershaw, it's so funny the the standard we hold him to. He had 14 starts of six innings plus this year. Six innings. He's think, a guy. Think People about what, what we saw. Like. like um, so that's the qualifying offer roundup. It's it's a real big Baseball conversation because you do end up going down these different avenues. Uh, Ten days, we find out. I'm sure we'll start getting some some news on it. Interested to see uh, who uh, who taps in, taps out a little bit, and then we can really start mapping out the free agency because that that affects the player yeah. pool a little bit. I mean, you know, we're talking about if Noah Syndergaard and Justin Verlander accept qualifying offers. That changes the starting pitching free agency pool a lot. Uh, oh yeah. So we'll uh, we'll see how that sorts out. Um, that was your yeah. Point. Oh, what do well, you got?
1: Well, the Dodgers. Sorry, the Dodgers have to figure out like the Bauer situation. Obviously, he's not going to opt out of his deal. He's going to opt into his player option, and then they're going to have to see: Are they going to have to pay for someone that's not pitching for them? Right. Right. There's a chance he gets suspended. Uh, more than likely, he's going to get suspended for a certain amount of time. You will, they won't have to pay that salary. But that's – without getting too far into it, that's a big thing for the Dodgers and the payroll and what they can go into free agency ready to spend. I mean, Friedman himself said it. Like, we we got to see where we're at on that situation before we can fully determine how aggressive we're going to be in the free agent
0: market. So right. that's just another labor pod discussion. Ooh. Um, hmm. If, if you're the angels uh, If Reisel accepts that Does that change their pursuit of Robbie Ray And how many hundreds of millions they give him well, Then it becomes Syndergaard
1: Yeah yeah. And then they go after Trevor Story
0: So Trevor Story to the, the $500 angels million dollar deal Confirmed him and Rendon Woo, I'd watch Woo. Um, Trev let's do the gold glove stuff Kind of Kind of quickly because we We talk about it on here it's the award, I don't want to say it's been diluted a little bit, but, you know, some of the factors between defensive analytics and who's voting, that you know, we don't always get the best of the best. It shouldn't be your, all, your all-knowing, deciding award. Uh, the other side of that that I do think is fine is your gold glove catcher in the National League this year is Jacob Stallings, 34 years old, uh, kind of journeyman a little bit, gets a chance to play with Pittsburgh. And he's going to have a catching gold glove forever, forever, which is really cool. The other big storyline in the National League is uh, the Cardinals walk away with five gold yeah. gloves. Is that right? Um, Goldschmidt, Edmund, Arenado,
2: Arenado O'Neill, and, and Bader. Yachty uh, gets squeezed. Yeah, so
0: finalist. they're pretty close to six. Um, I don't know, Trev. When, when the gold gloves come out, what's, what's your reaction? I think it's cool.
1: I love it for anybody that receives a gold glove like you said, you get to wear the gold on your uh, on your wrist for the rest of your career. It's an amazing award, I think, and you can debate about the validity of it all you want. Apparently this year the AL the Fielding Bible Awards, which are, you know, analytically what people look to for defensive metrics, they all lined up with the AL picks uh, that Rawlings gave out. So that's interesting. Hmm. And there was a few discrepancies in the NL, but I think it's cool. I mean, Yuli winning a gold glove, I think it's pretty cool. Um, There was, I read an article about him and he was a shortstop for the Cuban national team. And there were a few guys that went to those Olympic games. I think it was like 2004 or something like hmm. that, something ridiculous like that. And um there was some travel restraints. There's only a few guys there scouting him. Um, but now he's a Gold Glove first baseman. I think that's pretty cool. Chapman wins another one. I thought Arenado winning nine already, nine straight is crazy. Yeah, like yeah. that's rarefied air. I think Ichiro won ten in a row. That's the most to start a career. Uh, you're you're like you're up there with the greats.
0: Like who has the most Gold Gloves? Like Willie Mays or something like that. I think we looked this up the other day. Uh, I'm googling I'm- it. I'm blanking on it. Isn't Maddox up there?
2: Maddox has a ton. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, That doesn't Yeah. Maddox has 18. Maddox has
0: 18. Brooks Robinson's up there all time. Pudge has
2: 13 as a catcher.
0: But uh no, I I always kind of try to tell people there's this so going back to my rocks finally. There's kind of this rocky stigma, like, you know, we just don't think guys are as good as they are, and DJ LeMayhew kind of bucked that his first two years in New York, and there's all sorts of analytics and numbers on it now. Nolan Arenado's all-time. Like, if he walked away now, he's still, like, kind of an all-time third baseman, and he's, he's still got juice, man. He's still got a lot of juice. So, uh, appreciate Nolan Arenado. Um and, yeah, I know.
1: Think about, think about Arenado. I mean, I mean, know we talk about this. The high school thing is, you know, oversaturated between the Harvard-Westlake guys mm. and Chapman and Arenado. But just think about having
0: two major league gold glovers at third base on your high school team, dude. A lot of, lot of, Jake, lot of Jake Storielli's having bad days. Got robbed wow. again. This guy, he's pretty good. He oh,
2: that? yeah, he's a...
1: Nine-time gold glove winner And oh, (laughs) the guy that's playing behind him Is probably better
0: than him And will
1: surpass it at some point
0: It was basically by him Um, Correa, he gets the AL gold glove When you start talking about his bag, man It's nice to have that Doesn't hurt Beats out our guy J.P. Crawford Robbed Um, Robbed. Yeah, I don't know And hey, every team defends their guy uh, To the grave And that's obvious Because you watch them play 160 times a year um, and the other person watches their team play 160 times a year Michael A. Taylor beats out Kiermaier so I mean like watch out like Michael A. Taylor I like that there
1: it seems I know we just talked about no one getting it every single year for the past nine years but it seems to me like now it's more open it's it's a year by year thing you go out and have a ball in the year, you could win it. Whereas before, it almost felt like you had the guys and they would just kind of win, and there was those guys.
2: Right. It, it would, felt like there was a long time where you had to like, uh, unseat the, the guys.
0: Yeah. J- Jacob Stallings and Molina. I mean, you know, that's... Uh, exactly. They clearly were measuring other things than <laughs> their careers there. Sean Murphy gets it in the AL. Our guy, Max Fareed, he might yep. start racking Timer. him up. He might start mm-hmm. racking him up. Uh, watch out Spoiler for him. Spoiler alert! I talked to old Max.
1: Uh oh. He wants to come on. Okay. So we're gonna have to
0: figure that out. Maybe Wednesday, pop in for a little bit. We'll see. He's flying. He's flying back to L.A. We're gonna have a talk. Okay. Um, Harry Bader, Ben Intendi, Tyler O'Neill, uh, the funny one in Yankee Land, Joey Gallo gets the right field. Gold Glove, Yankee fans will fight to the death about how good Aaron Judge is as a right fielder Gallo came over and was playing left um, So yeah, It's again, the system ain't perfect um, Joey Gallo is also the Silver Slugger nominee at DH So there's baseball's still figuring out the moving parts <laughs> a little bit
2: You've been talking a lot about multiple things can be true The award's not perfect, but it,
0: it's still like cool for the dudes that win Yeah Matt Olsen, robbed, always date my daughter um, And hey, how about good for Marcus Simeon Like, he won the gold glove at second base he, he went over to the Blue Jays Like, took a chance a little bit And it paid off, like, <laughs> in a monster way did That's cool um, That is the gold glove stuff Trev, we're gonna finish with your favorite We're talking about the managers, babe we mentioned them through the playoffs, some of the moves, and there's still a couple big spots open. I kind of forgot. Um, and these spots are kind of roaming ready to be taken. Um, you know, whether you're looking at the Mets job, I'm in the city. I don't know. I get boners sometimes. If you're struggling with your case of that, talk. To Roman. They will get you linked up with one of their U.S. licensed healthcare professionals about ED. And if you're eligible, they'll get you $15 off your first month of treatment. Uh getRoman.com slash talking. Get Roman.com slash talking. Yes. You know who confirmed
1: was Roman ready at least one time okay. in his life?
0: James O'Brien. James. From James to he James, he was Roman ready,
1: and he created a James.
0: He really did. He he literally yeah. did. Uh,
1: he literally created him and Katie created a James because because James is it. he's the second mm. is James O'Brien. They don't John ugh, Boy's legally dad, speaking. James?
2: Uh, legally speaking, no, they're not the same middle name. So I don't think he can technically be junior, but we can call him junior. Yeah, that's we'll, fun.
0: Well, we'll have some discussions about it. I, I, you know, James, he's got a game plan for his James. So we'll uh, we'll 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 tiptoe the lines a little bit. I don't know what the plan is. Are they gonna both go, Jimmy and Jimmy? Is is our Jimmy making the plan to go full James? I I don't know. We'll figure out all the mm. logistics on that. Uh, but get Roman ready. Uh, dot com slash talking today. $15 off your first month of ED treatment. Uh, and be Roman ready. Have the confidence. Oh Get Roman.com slash talking. Why do we still have to tell people this? I know. If it ain't working, go fix it. It's not a big deal.
2: <sighs> I mean, just getting it checked out. Mm. No harm. Mm. If your car
1: breaks down, what do you need to do? Walk the rest of your life or are you going to fix your car? That's a great point. That's a
0: great point. Thank you. Trev... Speaking of fixing problems, the new managers and coaches—you know—we'll we'll get through this. Let's uh let's do the layups. Um, Astros Dusty Baker one-year deal, sure. Um, I saw some people mad about that. Like Dusty deserved a longer contract. I'm assuming he's, you know, he's old. That he was in on that. Um, Astros fans, you've you've tuned us out for a little while now, but let us know if that's wrong.
2: If, if Astros fans are listening I was reading some articles That were like in the weed stuff That if they didn't make the World Series The the owners might have been willing To, to get a young guy in there That was one article I
0: read So EBD read an article I'd be curious
2: If Astros mm. fans that like us And want to have a real conversation
0: mm. was that a, Why don't Astros fans want to listen to us? I don't understand that I picked their well, team Well we to invented go to the a lot about World Series drive. The uh The the ones that like to think do like us. Um, We've one- talked. We were like the the program, the
1: show that said, "Let's get over it." These guys are really yeah. good baseball players. We've been saying that.
0: We're an Astros pod. Um, Adam He's Duvall got a Gold Glove, yes. by the way. People were mad I didn't say that, and rightfully so. Adam Duvall, hot, old, thick, old, thick. Um, <laughs> nailed that. Uh, Let's see, there's a lot of Let's do the managers There's some third base coaches and hitting coaches Including your guy Chris Valleka, Mortal Kombat sleepover Chris Valleka to the Guardians Um, Tim Hires is a name Jeff Bannister to my D-backs Chase Tingler to your twins But uh, let's see Booney's back in the Bronx It's crazy that we kind of haven't talked about that here Bob Melvin to the Padres Uh, Oliver Marmol uh, is the Cardinals' head coach? Um, I don't know, Trev. Like, what? Where does your brain jump? Like, screw all managers, or do do these feel impactful? Uh, I don't know. What have we talked about bowing out to the
1: Padres yet?
0: Not I don't know where we not talked. fully. We haven't like fully flushed that out because it was playoffs. so like that took priority. I
1: lo- that's like probably my favorite move that's been made uh, so far.
0: Yeah Trev tell for, us for that you, you played for, for Bommel um, Super well respected In the Bay Area Super well respected in baseball What is he going to bring To the Padres That we know there was a little bit of Dysfunction there the season fell apart A little bit so what does he bring I think
1: Exactly what you said he's so respected So he goes into that clubhouse To a bunch of sharks Bro that isn't an easy clubhouse to walk into. That's a that's a bunch of rich ballers <laughs> on that team. And you got to go manage those guys. You walk in there, and yeah, you can earn respect. But not Bob Melvin. He doesn't have to earn respect. He's respected. He walks in there immediately, he's respected. And then he and then he'll earn even more respect because he is a good communicator. And that's basically when you have a team full of guys like that, a veteran team. That's all they ask. Be honest with me, Talk to me. Bo would tell me, "Look, man, I wanna, I wanna hit you here." But so he, um, he can communicate for sure, and I think that's exactly what a, a team of that caliber with players like that—they need that more than anything. And yeah, that's that's probably my favorite move, but there are a ton, man. We could talk about Mortal Kombat, Chris Flake a little bit, going to the Guardians. Mm. That's cool for him. Booney, tell me how you feel about that. I think that's a good move for them. I don't Booney is not the problem, guys. It's an organizational thing that you always talk about.
0: Yeah, I mean right? it, I I guess the thing that was really interesting at the time was the Yankees had the easy out. Like his contract was up. They could have kind of shook hands and Booney could have went back in the booth or could have coached again. Um, you know, he Credit to Boone, like he still very much wants to coach the New York Yankees Which is a damn grind Like that that dude could have a job at ESPN, he did um, But he wants to coach the Yankees, they brought him back And you're right, like there's only been There was two or three times this year that you could point at Aaron Boone And say like why wasn't the infield in Or why'd you go to that reliever So much of it is mapped out And we'll see what what other changes kind of happen in the Yankees' front office They changed his whole coaching staff around him Uh, So, you know, the guys that are actually in it, the hitting coach um, Who else did they get, BBD? Uh, Both base coaches uh, Nevin's
2: out Matt Blake stays Because the pitching was really good this year The pitching was really good
0: Uh, So, yeah, I mean, it, it just seemed like, you know, the Yankees... They just seem a little off, no? Like the Yankees didn't really scare anyone this year, and this would have been the opportunity to to kind of change the figurehead, which you're right. What does that actually change? And yeah, because day. If, if
1: Hal and, and Cashman are still there, right, that's not changing anything. Right. It's just the voice well, that the would players' have
2: been symbolic more than anything else.
1: Obviously Hal's not going anywhere, but Yeah.
0: It's just the voice that the players hear every day. Which, you know, I I think to a degree has a little bit of an effect, um, but the players like Booney. And when, um,
2: when they when they got rid of Girardi, they said just like, hey, sometimes it's just like time. Voices run sale. I mean, Boone hasn't been there as long as Girardi was, and every indication is they like him. So it's not an exact thing. But
1: so I I talked to Dozier about this, mm. and you know Dozier's got his name out there for some jobs. Rumor mill, interesting. We were talking about it, and I was like, you know, Yanks, uh, a lot of people in New York want Booney out of there. And he goes, who? And I started to think, who does want him out of there? And I'm like, oh, like, the fans and people. And then I'm like, then I started to think, you know, you're right. Like, players like Booney a lot. Like, and that's kind of like a big deal. It's not like, I get like the fans, they have a voice and they can voice their frustration, but like, we're not and I'm counting myself as a fan. Now we're not in the clubhouse. Like we don't know the dynamic all the time. We see things from a different perspective, maybe a further perspective. So when he said that, he's like, yeah, everyone loves him in New York. I was like, you know, you're right. Like I get fans are frustrated and sometimes that voice gets really loud, especially in New York. That voice can be very loud. And sometimes it does cause uh, teams to make decisions, but I think, I think they're fine with, with Boone and, and what he does and, they are going to have to adjust some things organizationally, and I think you put out a tweet about um, guy a team with a lot of guys that played a lot of games, right? Didn't you put that out Sweet there? With
0: a lot of, oh, I was talking about the Braves. Yeah, the Braves infield this year. They played like almost all, all every game, 155 and up. Spring training through the playoffs, which, again, you have to be healthy, but they rolled them out there every day, which – Kind of every baseball team throughout time I was going through the history of, you know, guys playing pretty much every day And, yeah, you kind of need that core that is out there um, You know, what the Braves' whole infield did this year was very special Kind of like an all-time infield, so you can't compare it to that But you've said it, you, you you know, we Jimmy and I leaned on you The Yankees don't believe in consistency, which I, I think baseball is showing, like you should. I know as a
1: player, you want to be out there every day. Especially, you know, there are times, and this is something that they probably should talk about: is they need to have those guys who they are deeming old enough to get days off to keep their bodies fresh. They need to rely on those guys to communicate and say, "I need a day." And if they're, and if you go to them and say, "Hey, judgey." I'm thinking about giving you a day on Friday, and Judge is like, "Fuck no, don't give him a day on Friday." Right. Like Judge should come to you and say, "Hey man, feeling a little, feeling a little bit down. You know, I'm feeling a little bit sluggish. Like, give me a day. Like, y- there needs to be that form of communication because how I mean, you can't have set off days because that might not coincide of when when you need an off day. And I and I really don't like the off day headed into an off day to off day thing. I don't like that.
0: Yeah, they... Uh, that's that's something that they seem to really like to do. They have rest philosophies that aren't necessarily proven, and I know there's a lot of ways to measure stuff, but, you know, Trev, you mentioned that conversation that needs to happen. Like, you know, we, we've got some Yankees connection. It, it seems like that the communication in the organization isn't... I, I'll say it's not elite. Um, if you If you measured organization over organization, I don't think the Yankees would land at a high level, and it's probably... Kind of like you said with Bo Mel walking into San Diego, like a lot of these guys are who they are. You know, a lot of established dudes. I don't want to say don't have to take orders, but they're their own man. Which, again, I'd say the example: if you're outside of Yankees world, Giancarlo Stanton, he didn't play left field or the outfield this year until when? BBD August. I think July 30th was his first game. In the
2: outfield in two two and a half years.
0: And so, years. what were those conversations? Because my best guess, Giancarlo stands a world class athlete. My guess is he was willing to play the outfield, and the Yankees were so scared of him getting hurt that they didn't want to do that for two thirds of the season. So, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I'm. I'm. It's going to be interesting to track. Next season to see if if they change Some of those philosophies But either way, those philosophies don't come from Aaron Boone Because you're right, Trev There's two groups you should care about If you're the manager It's the front office and ownership Who really like Aaron Boone And it's the players who really like Aaron Boone And the players Probably brings it back to St. Louis Where, you know, the bench coach Ali Marmol Gets promoted to manager That it seems like The players... Wanted him and not Schilt, and that's what they got. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have too much
1: inside info there. I texted Flaherty about Marmol, and he said, love him. So, obviously, that side of there is true. You know, I don't have anybody telling me that Schilt wasn't wanted there. I think that was maybe more of a front office tiff between those two people, Schilt in the front office. Uh, going back to, like, the the players and, like, the leadership thing, I just want to make one more point. Molitor, when he came over and was our coach with the twins, he had like a, a leadership council, if you will, like six or seven guys, five or six guys, I forget what it was, veteran dudes who he trusted to you know to make good decisions. He'd bring us in and talk to us about all sorts of things, whether it be the family trip, whether it be rest days, whether it be you know you know what game of the doubleheader, uh, what we should do in that regard. Like he 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 ran a lot of decisions by us. And I think that was really cool. That's what you want as a player. Like let me feel like I'm a part of this. Like I paid my dues. I I'm a you're a professional. Especially when you're a big leaguer for some time. Like you understand your body better than anybody. You understand the grind better than anybody. Like you can't just go analytical like you gotta run it by the players like in any other industry like think about that like you're going over the people actually doing the thing and making decisions for them like you probably should have some line of contact and a communication line with the people that are
0: doing it right yeah you think that's makes sense it doesn't happen all the time uh yeah it's it's just really funny i think i had some good conversations with peter moylan about it that you know, there's organizations like there's proven things that kind of work. Like you, the front office and the manager should work hand in hand, but the manager has to be allowed to manage whether it's dealing with guys with injury or something on their mind or, you know, moving them up and down the lineup to try to spark them. And uh, you know, the front office has really taken over that. That I think we're gonna see that kind of balance back, um, just a little bit, because it's not. It's not reinventing anything. It's just feeling those real things out. The stories we don't know um, that happen every day in the locker room. Yeah. If, if, put it this
1: way, if you're a Bregman, okay, and you're hitting in a three hole and you know you're struggling and then one day you just show up and you're hitting in the seventh hole, that's not a good feeling. Now, same scenario, you're hitting in a three hole. Dusty walks up to you after the game and says, "Hey, man, this is what we're thinking. Tell me what you think about it. Take some pressure off you. We're gonna put you down the seven hole. We're gonna get some guys in in that three hole that are feeling really good, and we're gonna get you going. And you'll be back in there. You get going. We'll put you back in there. Like if you have that conversation, that's a completely different thing than just showing up and seeing you're in the seventh hole, and then and then going and having a conversation. Like it, there needs to be. It's. I mean, it sounds so simple." And you're like, duh, like, why? Like, obvious, obviously, that's the case. It just doesn't
0: happen all the time. Yeah, only the good managers do that because they kind of have the power to. Um, there's a lot of other smaller moves. I know, uh, Skip Schumacher, um, returns to the Cardinals to be the bench coach for Ali Marmol. Um, and a lot of your coaches have a lot of moves. I mean, I'm seeing the Twins, David Popkins, Dodgers minor league hitting coach, um. Phillies farm director, I mean, there's there's a lot moving here, guys That, uh, I guess, uh, tell us what you think is truly impactful Because a uh, lot of coaches moving around
2: Can't possibly say everything
0: And the, uh, the two positions open, Trev The Oakland A's and the New York Mets uh, A. Luis Rojas, uh, former Mets manager uh, interviewed for Yankees bench coach, so that would be fun. And our Erica that helps us out says that would uh be uniting two of the great baseball families because Luis Rojas is related to the Alus, so the Alus and the Boons and Yankees, that would be fun. Um, I don't know. I mean, Mets, A's, you, uh, do you have any liens? Do you care? Should we be hyping Daddy Dozier? The Mets is fascinating to me.
1: seems like they haven't been able to – get a lot of traction on their GM search from all I'm reading. There's a lot of guys getting either denied permission to go speak to them by their team or just saying, "Now nah, we're, we're drawing our name from that. So that's, that's an interesting one to me. Cause that's a, how do you put it? I don't want to like be too mean to them. That's a, it's a circus a little bit, a little there bit right now, which is very Mets. Which how how do the Mets find themselves in that position so often? I don't understand. Some but, um,
0: some say it's as Metsy as a getsy. Yeah,
1: that one's funny. That'll be interesting to see who gets that job because it's to me I have no lean there whatsoever. The A's job, on the other hand, I don't know, man. If they, I feel like if they make a play to go get Ron Washington, they can get Ron Washington, which had a lot of success with you know being there, helping guys out. He's got. The respect of a lot of people in baseball He's done it before He's led teams to the World Series before Seems like a pretty good fit
0: For for me it's just tough to picture uh, And you know I see oswald and the chat a's are going to choose between ryan christensen or mark kotze without a doubt we'll see um could be a doubt if i'm ron washington i I love
1: mark kotze that's like mark kotze is a good he's been there for a long time so it makes a lot of sense
0: and that's the thing like they're going into rebuild mode like i don't i don't think ron washington wants to take four years to get back like he's he's been good enough that he deserves the right opportunity so i'm really interested to see with that um yeah, I mean, we Kotze got is
1: great by the way. If Cats if they give Kotze the job, which obviously he wants it cuz he's been, you know, a bench coach and a third base coach or whatever for them for a while. Uh he'd be really really good.
0: Okay. I like that. People really really like him in Oakland. The uh well, I've got two things for you now. A, I, we also missed this, Buster Posey retired. We haven't talked about that? No, man. I guess it's, you're right. Yeah. It's been it's been a long mode. time. Uh, so yeah, big catch-up episode uh, Buster Posey announces he's retiring By the way, Chris Rose rotation today Gabe Kapler, um, always all-time uh, We love Gabe Buster steps away I, I guess people inside the organization Knew there was a chance for this From the outside world It was kind of shocking Because he was so good this year How's your 889 OPS from the catcher spot uh, MVP in the bag Three-time World Series uh, seven-time All-Star, four-time Silver Slugger. Um, so, yeah, Trev. I don't know if you want to do an ode to Buster or were you in shock or – I don't know. I'm kind of in shock, so I wasn't privy to the information that he
1: was thinking about this for a while. Um, but, you know, a Hall of Fame career. What is What else is there to be said? The guy's accomplished everything you can accomplish in the game, literally everything. So – you turn down $22 million, that means you're pretty much set. Mentally, <laughs> yeah. it seems like he was – mentally and physically, I think he was kind of just done. And I've, I have talked about this a little bit with C. Rose this morning. You know, you talk to these guys. I mean, in my experience, it was Tomei, it was, Tome, was Maurer, it was Willingham, Torrey Hunter. I saw these guys at the end of their careers, and it's all said the exact same thing to me. It's just too much to get ready to play. They love playing. But like having to, you know, work on your body for two hours to just go practice, it's daunting over a 162, and it's over eight months of the year, and like it's every single day you have to put that in. It's for a lot of these guys, it just becomes not worth it. I could be, I have to show up to the field even earlier, you know, I have to stay at the field later because I'm fixing my body after the game. They're missing a lot of their kids' lives at this point. When you get to that 35 year old. 33, 37, whatever-year-old age, like, your kids are doing stuff if you have kids, most likely. So, like, you're starting to weigh, like, is it – what's more important to me? The guy's made a zillion dollars in his career. He's accomplished everything. I think now seems to me, like, listening to him talk, like he was just not willing to trade being home with the family uh, for being at the field rehabbing every single day for two hours.
0: So. And man, I mean, just part of the Giants organization Again, like Gabe Kapler talked about it with, with Rosie And it's obviously very close to the situation um, I'll tell you what, I don't think Bo- Posey is this type of guy But man, if the Giants were in it next year And they needed a little help behind the dish midway Like sign me up for a little Roger Clemens, Buster Posey action Yeah um, that would be cool I think it'd be fun uh, that being said they do have Joey Bart in the wings which he's <laughs> he's supposed to be kind of a dude I
2: assume he's he's supposed to be the guy starting next year right
0: yeah so we'll we'll see if they've passed the torch fully um and yeah good good for Buster Posey man uh, you're right turning down turning down that kind of quiche <laughs> man that lot, man. that means you don't want to play.
1: Like, it also means you've made a lot already yeah. in your career. Yeah, that's true. If you're turning down twenty two mil, I mean, what's what's let's guess? Let's not even look. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know the contracts he signed. I I don't. In my head, I have no clue. But I'm just going on like the kind of player he is.
0: Like a buck sixty. Oh, broken in, in two thousand nine. He, he
2: got at least one big deal.
1: I think he's over two hundred. He could be. I want to say
0: he's like I want to say he's like 220 or something. Like I get that. nervous with the catchers. I don't know. I'm uh, going 220.
2: I think with walking away from 22, it looks like buck fifty. Oh, wait. I'm not even close, huh? It feels wrong from the other contract. Oh, it's a weird website. Let me eh. look. The full contract that a big contract he got was an eight for one fifty nine. So if he's walking away from the last year of it, I guess okay. it does add
0: up then. Maybe one sixty eight. One
2: sixty eight is what he made, or is that
0: what he walked away? Yeah,
2: I mean, not what he would have made if he stayed. Or I don't know, same neighborhood.
0: Hey man, I uh, any athlete that can kind of walk away on top, I I give them a ton of credit. He uh, he balled out this year, and yeah, like I, what catchers well, go It says through, it was
1: a team option, or is it a mutual? Because it says on Baseball Reference a team option, but I've been hearing that he. Turn it down. So maybe the team told him they'd
0: pick it up. Maybe he was just retiring, and that's him <laughs> turning it down. I don't know. It looks yeah. like it
2: was a club option.
0: Uh, but. pretty, pretty not bad. Uh, congrats. The to one, Buster yeah, one hundred and seventy mil. We'll uh, we'll we'll see if we end up talking about him. Do you? Th- is he a booth guy? Do you know? No, really know him at all, or what's he about? C. Rose said that he didn't never even came
1: on Intentional Talk, just not like that kind of guy. So this okay. is what I envisioned for... Yeah, this is what I envisioned for old Buster. Okay, He'll be a special assistant to the GM. Mm. Um, He'll have this statue. He'll get inducted into the Giants Hall of Fame. He'll get his freaking yellow jacket going to Cooperstown. And then, you know, he'll it's, he'll just get to do whatever he wants, man. Guys like that with a pedigree like that that have stayed with an organization that long could just be an ambassador. Right. So, and if he ends up moving back to, I think he's from Georgia, maybe he signs on with the Braves. Whoa.
0: Becomes an ambassador for their team. You've seen guys do that. Giants fans were just happy. We talked about Buster. Um yeah, and the other the other thing that does tie into this Buster Posey was involved in body armor, so he might have got a a couple extra doll hairs through. Oh. No. Yeah. That just sold for 400 uh million dollars or something. 5.6 bill. Billion, I mean. Yeah. Um So yeah. Oh
1: my god. So Good, yeah.
0: That's uh He
1: already didn't need money.
0: You know, when your body armor money might outweigh your baseball money. That's awesome, bro. Hell yeah. <laughs> I need some of that. Let's yeah. go. Well, we are crypto pop. John Boy Media. Um. Jesus. Trev, tremendous stuff. I guess, well, A, we'll be back uh, Wednesday. Talking baseball Wednesdays. Um, we'll see what other news we have by then. Uh, maybe we'll drum up something silly for the people. Uh, You know, remember our old midweek episodes coming up with a topic Mm. Still got to do awards at some point, but we need John Boy Mm. for that So we'll uh, we'll figure it all out for you guys Monday, Wednesdays around nooner, 1230 maybe Um, Eastern Trev, I guess the only thing going through my head right now um, And this is kind of like a rude It shouldn't be a rude question Like why does Dozier want to manage like just general like just baseball guy needs to be in it again every day or what I think
1: so he'll tell you that he's always wanted to and he's known he's always wanted to um yeah I mean he I think he just wants to be around the game
0: okay It's a fair answer It's fair It's,
1: I, it's interesting cuz I don't I guess I haven't talked to him about it I mean I did I don't know how much that he wants me to share but you're good I don't know, like, if the minor league life, like two or three years coaching a ball, is like gonna do it for him. I think he's gonna yeah. have to, you know, be more of like a straight to a bench coach, then go and put his name in the ring. I don't know.
0: Love to. He's yeah.
1: very smart. Learned from a lot of good people. So.
0: Yeah, and we, uh, you know, couple things we kind of left out. I guess we can roll them into Wednesday. The uh, Tucker Barnhart, our guy, was traded. Wade Miley was traded. So. Baseball finds a way to stay hot in the streets um, 10 days until they have to make decisions on qualifying offers we'll, uh, I think after this I'm going to map out um, what some of the upcoming episodes should look like um, Everyone tweet your love to John Boy and John Baby The Jimmys And Katie And Katie She did the work, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Jimmy just sat there Just sat there I recorded it and like broke it down or something. Yeah, tweeting out field hockey highlights. Um, All right, everybody, we uh, we love you. We'll see you back here Wednesday. He's so strange. He likes the most obscure sports. Sexual dad strength. Dad hot.